And someone who's worth a billion dollars of perspective is Rick Horo, the sport professor, the visiting sport business expert at Harvard University. Let's go right to Las Vegas, Rick, and uh, your take. Is the negativity and the, uh, let's say, uh, issues that the logistics issues that the event has had, is it going to um, uh, boil over once the actual race begins, or are there some real holes in this debut in Las Vegas, according to you and Duke? Well, Duke, Duke gave you a first opinion. Uh, you're also going to get an invoice for a billion dollars worth of perspective uh, payable uh, <laughs> next week. I'll give you give you a little bit of time on that one. Look, Vegas has had. Uh, turbulence in a lot of different contexts you 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 you, uh, you 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 pay certain costs for the economic impact and the benefit uh the cost here is a uh, gridlock and a shutdown of the strip for a while i'm not you know when they had the event out at the the speedway which is about 30 miles out of town it's easy but it also doesn't generate as much excitement and awareness. So, you know, the bubbles on the track, you could list a whole bunch of stuff. I think when the when the race starts, people remember the billion and a half economic impact, not necessarily logistical issues. And look, it's been a great week for Vegas. At the at the, at the owners meetings in Vegas, Vegas gets unanimous uh, uh, relocation approval for the Oakland A's. Uh, you also have the uh, the NBA play-in stuff that that the in-season tournament you also have, obviously, the Super Bowl uh, first week in February. So Vegas is doing okay. Let's talk about our gold medal story on the podium funded by Alpine Credits, and that is the relocation of those Oakland A's to Las Vegas. Uh, this has been an on-again, off-again issue uh, given uh, the pursuit, the uh, unfulfilled pursuit of a new stadium deal uh, by the ownership of the uh, Oakland Athletics. Was this just inevitable? Had enough time passed that MLB and the A's uh, had really little choice but to consider relocation to a market where they could get a new stadium deal with its uh, bells and whistles? Or could this have been avoided? Well, it's not a function of time as much as the function of of uh, uh, how many wolves you get to cry and are, what's the reality of those wolves, to triple mix a, a metaphor. You know, uh, Tampa Bay got its expansion franchise after about four fi- fi- uh, failed deals. The, the San Francisco Giants were looking to uh, build a new stadium, go to Tampa. The White Sox have to move back the clock to the legislature to finally get an approval for their building. And so... Uh, if you have a real deal, the people will want to continue to look at a market and try to save it. You know, if you don't think so, ask how much Gary Bettman has invested in Phoenix. Uh, but it's enough. It's enough because the deals that were on the table, in my sense, either weren't real or they were real but weren't going to get the political votes. And enough is enough in the context of, you know, everybody, not everybody, a lot of people thought that the Vegas deal wasn't a slam dunk. Uh, the idea of more public money after all of the other facilities. They went from persona non grata for anything because of gambling to now having three and probably four eventually, maybe five with soccer, but four with the NBA could be. And so, you know, it was important to get in third. (laughs) And that's exactly what baseball did.
We're talking to sports professor Rick Horro. You can follow him on Twitter at Rick Horro, H-O-R-R-O-W, and he's a regular contributor to the sport market on the Sportsnet Radio Network. How painful are these next four years? going to be for the fans in Oakland and for the franchise itself because it is now officially a lame duck franchise it's going to leave as soon as the stadium is ready in Vegas well yeah you know there could have been other options and there still might I understand there's now a, a commitment to stay at that dump for another few years but you know teams that have been lame duck have been vagabond sometime they travel around the country and look at maybe playing X number of games in cities that want baseball and therefore will sell out even smaller stadiums, Nashville, you know, maybe maybe Montreal, for example, uh, Charlotte. But uh, that doesn't look like it's going to happen. They uh, could have also, you know, played in that minor league baseball park, which is going to coexist with the A's. And that doesn't look like that's going to happen. So it is going to be painful. Uh, You know, my sense is the – the A's weren't supported when they had a chance of staying, and they're sure as hell not going to be supported when they're about to leave. We've got you for another couple of minutes here on, on the sport market. Rick, I want to ask you about global marketing and how all the major North American leagues seem to be upping their game on this front. We know what the NFL is doing, not just in the UK, but now in Germany. Uh, the NBA, of course, uh, very savvy in its global marketing. And the National Hockey League this week is in Stockholm. Four teams in Stockholm as part of its global series. Uh, this is really now part of the official bread and butter. You cannot exist as a North American league without the global marketing initiatives. Baseball, Japan, baseball, London, baseball, Australia, world baseball classic. You know, you look at that too. You're absolutely right. And I think part of it is the uh, monotony of a full season, regular schedule at home can be broken up by four, six games anywhere else. B it gives worldwide awareness and it gets the opportunity to solidify the brand in those countries that that particular sport wants to plant the flag, which is really good. And so both of those conspiring together. And then of course, now with social media and with global TV and with the streaming aspects of it, it becomes very easy to do. Last one for you. ESPN bet launches on Tuesday in 17 states. A lot of work to do. Uh, projected to have a, a starting point of a 2% market share, well beyond DraftKings, well below DraftKings and FanDuel, of course. Uh, can ESPN bet simply by osmosis, given its promotional platform, given its media platform, can they get to double digits? Can they get to the target of a 20% market? next three to five years? Well, let's put it this way. If anybody could, they could. That doesn't answer your question. You know, 14th uh, this week was the launch of 17 states. I'll allow it. They have Chinese walls with their talent, so the talent doesn't bet based on inside information. But yet Scott Van Pelt and others who are important uh, faces of ESPN promote commercials for them. Uh, They've got an amazing head start, but they're also very, very far behind. And look, they're spending one to two billion dollars to rebrand to Barstool. So they have faith in this investment. They've tried other stuff uh, like a 3D uh, and other kinds of things that didn't work. Uh, there are companies that are dead set against. Uh, uh, they'll try anything they can do to make sure that it's difficult for ESPN to succeed. So we'll just have to see. 
Rick, as always, we appreciate all those perspectives. You have a terrific weekend. It should be a great weekend of NFL. And once the actual race begins, I think all systems will be going Vegas. Thanks so much for doing this. And give our regards to Duke for his guest commentary. Absolutely. And we've got a Black Friday. Last year was U.S. in England, uh, uh, in Qatar. This year, it's the Jets and Dolphins on American Black Friday. I can't wait. There we go. He is the sport professor, Rick Horro, the visiting sport business expert at Harvard University. I finished off there by talking about the $2 billion 10-year deal uh, between Penn and ESPN to create ESPN Bet.